It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Well, it was a pretty good effort by the Crows this week, even though we went down in the end, lots of fight and vigour and just running out of gas, but uh, a lot to like and uh, a lot to talk about. So let's crack straight in and uh, get right into it, shall we? Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Weekend Wrap, brought to you by Crowcast, of course. Uh, a pretty good game to talk about this evening, and uh, lots to like. And joining me as always, Macca. How are you going, Mac? By what I saw today, it was good. Yeah, it was very good. Nikki, how are you? I'm very well. I do have a bit of a croaky voice, but that's from yelling at a certain number 27 today. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's fair enough, and 27, not a player, I'm sure. We did seem to get a bit of a rough end of the stick, but never yeah, mind, some, somebody never sh- mind. Somebody shouldn't get a game next week. <laughs> uh, look, thanks to everyone who's joined us on Discord this evening and also those who are watching on YouTube and Facebook. Um, of course, you can get around us on Discord just by uh, going to the AFL Crowcast website, uh, really, and uh, going to the live chat page uh 
follow the uh, prompts on the page and you'll be able to get right into it with uh, the rest of the rusted on AFL Crowcast crew on Discord and they've always got uh, lots to say and they're very good value and keep us in line most of the time, don't they, Macker and Nick? Yep, they certainly do and they come up with good ideas as well. Oh, let's not pump <laughs> them up too much, shall we? I was, I was going to say that they kind of get us out of sticky jams when we don't know something. Well, I, I cheat <laughs> off all the time. No, I cheat off them all the time. You cheat off them all the time? Yeah. <laughs> like Nicky said, they know some stuff that we don't. Yeah, well, that's true enough. Um, guys, what do you think about it today, just as a as a brief one? Um, well, I'll go first. Uh, I thought that we played with the most intensity that I've seen us uh, play all season, and I thought we maintained it for three and a bit quarters, and... and uh, we then obviously it was just we uh, and I do think we just do lack a bit of fitness and then I think the effort told but I thought it was in terms of an effort it was an outstanding effort and if you if you lined up the team that we put on the park against the team they put on the park I think it was outstanding for us to be in the position that we were at three quarter time because I mean they have got that many stars in their team and we've got that many players that are inexperienced. Um, or at the end of their careers type thing. So, um, no, I, I was really heartened by what I saw today and uh, very heartened by how some of the young boys went. Nick, what do you reckon? Um, I really actually enjoyed that pressure that we put on the ball carrier um, quite a bit and you, you're spot on there, Um Macca, I, I was just trying to find the, the tweet from actually Afrin Sensible Crow. As he pointed out, putting some perspective, Geelong had 11 players over 28. We had five. They had two players under 20 games and we had nine. And I, th- I think it was very much a case of, yep, we ran out of gas probably about 10 minutes into that last quarter. Yep. And if you look at it, those previous games, this was the first game we finally didn't lose a player in the first half. So we actually had the full bench to use. Yeah, so that we, was nice, we can, Yeah, so we can actually get um, going a little bit longer. <laughs> but that intent, that pressure, there was once again some really nice ball movement building on from what we saw last week. There's still some issues around skills and things like that but but saw some great stuff from some of the young guys uh once again and i thought we were going to get smashed and so that was a much more pleasant game to watch (laughs) well look uh lots going on this week of course as usual as the uh afl season kicks forward to uh the finals so let's have a look at the scores first up shall we and uh one just uh, excuse my graphics here I'm trying something a little bit new uh, that I'm hopefully going to be able to develop a little bit more Friday night we had um, Carlton getting up over Gold Coast Carlton 7 18 60 to Gold Coast 4 3 27 um, I don't know about Gold Coast Macker I've been pumping them up all year and Nikki I know that you're a bit of a fan as well and uh, they just keep letting me down well, they should have won, of course. Oh, I know. They were cheated. Uh, playing did set cheated. Um, but, you know, that, that goal that was after the siren that Carlton got, I mean, firstly, there's so many things wrong with the whole thing. That Firstly, that 
the free downfield was a pretty dubious and soft one compared with what uh, has uh, or hasn't been. Macca, that was last yep. week. Was it? Yeah, oh, that was Carl, Friday night. Cut one by 33 points. Carl <laughs> smashed him. I'm still so, I'm so upset about that game. I'm still raving about it. <laughs> <laughs> my apologies. Sorry. Yeah, okay, my apologies. Yeah, I know that was Friday, okay. wasn't it? Yeah, okay. No, back to the one you did ask about. No, that, that Gold Coast was very ordinary indeed in that one. Uh, maybe tailing off a bit, but uh, I think Stuart G would have expected a, a well, not expected, but uh, it would have, was a realistic chance of a win for Gold Coast. And uh, to go down as they did, 25 scoring shots to seven, just uh, would be below what they would have expected. Uh, on Saturday... One thing on that game, though, the coaches, yeah. I thought that was a... Uh, he broke. He had a breakout game, I think, probably the week before, but I thought he was really dominant in, in this game. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I don't disagree, Macca, but uh, he's playing that quarterback role. Um, it's not what they recruited him for uh, in the top end of the draft. So, look, it was a, he's playing very well across halfback. There's no doubt about it. Um, and his distribution um, and his ability to read play is excellent. But uh, if you're going to spend what they spent to get him, uh, I would think that they'd be looking to transition to him into a more meaningful position in the not too distant future. Yep, I don't understand what you're getting at. Uh, look, we also had on Saturday, we had Richmond getting up by, what's that, 12 points over Essendon. Richmond 10 13 Essendon 10 61 there. I didn't see that match. Yeah, I, I, I watched part of it. Um, oh, I hate Richmond, I really do. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I thought it was a... I thought Essendon did very well with a, a relatively weakened side. Um, and uh, I think, as always, um, Richmond do get a little bit advantaged by umpires, etc. But, yeah, uh, so I, I still make the mistake. They cannot win the flag this year. I'm going to stick to that. Right. Nick, do you see that one? No. Nah. Nah. You're pretty much useless uh, at this part. <laughs> yep. During during this particular segment, uh, I I did see I did see bits of some of these games, so I can say some stuff. Right. Uh, well, hopefully it's worth the wait. <laughs> <laughs> always, always, Fiend. <laughs> Uh, right. Uh, we also had uh, Fremantle seven eight fifty getting up over Sydney two seven nineteen. Pretty dismal there by Sydney. Not a great game. I only watched a bit of it and got sick of it pretty quick. Mac, uh, but uh, thirty one points there to Frio. I thought your take was pretty well spot on. Actually, yeah. uh, it was a game I got sick of watching as well. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Sydney. Are, in fairness to Sydney, they're playing a lot of young boys. A lot of young boys and. Um, uh, you know, boys that really aren't probably aren't even quite ready for it yet, but they'll benefit from that in the long run. Yeah, I was going to say that Sydney are similar boat to us, um, with having to play a lot of a lot of their juniors. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Port just uh, squeaking over Hawthorne, not terribly convincing. Uh, nine fourteen sixty eight to nine goals four fifty eight. Their margin of ten points. But I guess, you know, that's uh, a game that Port needed to win and uh, they got the four points and they're probably happy just to take them and move on. 
And and well, how's this for a stat? Apparently, they didn't give away a free kick in the second half. Oh, 14-0. 14-0. Yeah, 14 free support, zero to Hawthorne. But it's obviously, you know, um, if I was Hawthorne, I would be, I'd feel like I was a little bit cheated. Um, a brilliant, brilliant goal by Butters at the death there um, yep. to, when the game was in the balance. Um, the, ruck, the ruckman just sort of tapped it sideways that waist height and butters came flying through it was one of the most it was actually from from an ex-row but it was just a joy to watch it was yeah. a beautiful goal beautiful he, he's got a bit of class about him butters yep um i got no sympathy for hawthorne they've won enough um with umpires in their locker room so uh, they can lose as many as they like in that fashion hey, hey, very excellent point there Frank. yeah and, uh, and a lot of and a lot of the issues we were we were just discussing before we came on air that some umpiring issues, and it's all to do with Hawthorne, the way they play, and the influence Clarkson has had on the AFL. So about time it happened. Yeah, uh, the Bulldogs getting up in the late one on Saturday, twelve eight eighty to Melbourne seven goals ten fifty two margin there of twenty eight points. Bulldogs just sniffing around, going all right at the moment. Yeah. That, that- so there was it really was a battle of the midfields and um, that and uh, the Bulldogs uh, their midfield was triumph. They've got a, a fantastic midfield and uh, and also they they are they do when they're on they play really desperate football and they, and they were on and uh, they're very hard to beat when they're on. And when Melbourne were trying to make their comeback um, in that the second half, they they really knew how. Every year, one thing is always predictable: postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. To combat it quite well. Um, and that's what was quite impressive out of the way they were playing to me. But you're right, Macker. Yeah, they they just had that better midfield. Yep. Uh, the other games today, of course, apart from ours, we had uh, Brisbane sneaking over the line versus St Kilda. A little bit fortunate, Brisbane. They nearly kicked themselves out of it with their stupidly bad kicking, uh, but ended up getting up by two point six fourteen fifty to St Kilda seven six forty eight. And uh, uh, Fagan, after the game, didn't look too happy, and I think that just shows where he feels his team are. And uh, but again, they got the four points, and uh, they're still right in amongst it. Well, they blow about five or six goals every game, but through missing shots from about thirty, forty meters out maximum, right in front. And these are from uh, highly high, highly qualified players who you would expect to kick them. And if I did, I did see. Uh, during the week, somewhere somebody put down what their scores have been for the last several games, and they they kick a massive amount of points, and they do it every week. They just and I, and I can understand why Fagan's annoyed about it because uh, obviously if they convert those shots, they they win the, their games and they win them comfortably. Whereas what they do is they give the opposition a chance. And one thing um, that the Saints did very well is they kept Neil uh, Lockie Neil down to a very ordinary game by his standards. Yeah. Very true. Um, West Coast in front at the moment. Uh, the score that I've got up on the screen is obviously from earlier in that match, but right now 
Uh, it is 9761 West Coast to 6743 Giants. Uh, and how far in are we? We're 20 minutes into the uh, last quarter. So West Coast up by 18 points and look like taking that one out. Uh, and of course, on Monday, we've got Collingwood versus North Melbourne, which I reckon is going to be closer than you would think, uh, given Collingwood just ticking along at the moment. And North Melbourne always uh, always uh, up for a bit of a fight. So uh, I reckon that one will be quite close. Yeah, well, if, you, if you went on form, you'd have to say that uh, Collingwood are barely ticking at all. And um, yeah, I think it could be a reasonable game. Uh, not, probably not a pretty game, but I think it'll be a, a hard, hardly fought game. Yep, yeah. agree. Agree. Um, just back on the, the Brisbane one, listening to it on the radio, uh, coming home in the car, and it was very interesting, the commentators, they were talking about Hipwood, he's got a case of the yips at the moment, and I kind of had to yell at the writer, he's had a case of the yips ever since he was drafted. Um, he just cannot consistently kick correctly. He's got a lot of talent, but kicking goals is not one of them he's uh he struggles doesn't he and it's look i don't know i for me it's 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 a waste of a great player because he's so athletic um yeah you know uh it's uh i'd be really worried if i was uh brisbane with the way that they're kicking in general simply because you can't afford to uh you can't afford to Low opportunities in finals, and uh, to me, they're looking like they're going to be blowing one come final time. Thanks for your input on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, already, I'd already given my input. Oh, look, I just don't like the way they. Um, I don't like the way they keep other sides in it, and. Uh, yeah, there's a few teams around Geelong, Richmond. You give you give them a sniff. Uh, they're oh, lucky yeah. against St Kilda. St Kilda was uh, sort of an up and coming team, but uh, against the likes of Richmond and Geelong, you keep them in the game with bad kicking, and they'll hurt you. No doubt about that. No doubt. Yep. Uh, just looking at the ladder quickly. Uh, obviously, one or two games to go, um, and uh, we're all a bit skew with with the buys and whatnot. Uh, but at the moment, uh, on 10 wins, we have Port and Brisbane. Uh, Port on top on percentage. Uh, nine wins, we have Geelong. Uh, eight wins, we have uh, Richmond and West Coast about to get to nine as well. So they'll jump up into fourth spot. Uh, St Kilda on eight wins. Western Bulldogs on seven. And in the eight, uh, playing on Monday, obviously, Collingwood with six. Um, so they could go above the Bulldogs with a win. Outside the eight, we've got... Melbourne on six, Carlton on six, and West Greater Western Sydney also on six. Essendon and Frio on five wins. Gold Coast, Hawthorne and Sydney on four wins. North on three wins. And Adelaide, despite today's excellent result, uh, excellent effort, uh, still on the bottom with no wins. God, you guys are talkative tonight. Oh, no, wait until you didn't tell me somewhere. You just did the ladder, and there's not much to say about it other than the fact that um, really um, there's probably only about four or five genuine chances to win the flag already. That I think, um, even though we've still got some games to go, mm. um, I think, you know, that the ones that are sitting up there in the top four or five positions, the flag will come from there. 
And because I don't think they, so. Some of the experts keep saying the flag could come from any one of the top eight positions. I don't believe that's true. I, I think there is a is a gap I don't in quality. Think so. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right, Mac. I think Port. Uh, Brisbane are still there uh, Geelong definitely uh, Geelong I think at this stage are my pick to be honest with you uh, Richmond you can't ever rule them out West Coast depending on the venues I think I think if the majority of the finals are played in Queensland that's going to hurt them but if they get a couple of home finals then uh, we all know how that goes St Kilda it's probably a year too early but I wouldn't mind seeing them go deep um, not quite sure about the Bulldogs and the rest so really for mine, it's Geelong, Richmond, Port are probably the main three threats, in my opinion. And, and I, actually, I actually think Brisbane and Port are actually looking a little shaky. Um, so your point before, I think, is very spot on that, you know, a team, those more mature teams like Richmond or Geelong are a good chance, depending on the pressure of the finals. Yes, indeed. Nikki and... Uh, some interesting games next week. We've got Hawthorne v Essendon. Richmond on West Coast will be a beauty. That's at Carrara. Uh, Bulldogs and Geelong. Geelong will be looking to uh, continue their streak. I'll tell you what. I mean, they had a couple couple out today. I mean, everyone's got injuries at the moment, but they didn't have Selwood, obviously. Um, but, geez, they look a mature team, don't they? All their, all their, like, physically, they look extremely fit, and extremely mature and very strong. Well, and they've, they've, they've got some really good players you can't make their side at the moment. Yeah, so yeah. You, Well, Josh Jen, Jenkins, of course, would probably oh, make, well, yes, of course. make everyone else's side, but not Geelong's. Well, um, <laughs> Although but, Geelong fans didn't like uh, who was in instead of him. They think he should be playing. Uh, well, sorry, who, who don't they like? Well, Radagalia? No, they like Radaglia. Who was the other one? I don't There's think it one matters. of the other tall forwards they don't like. They're, they're stupid, basically. They haven't seen enough <laughs> of Jenkins play. <laughs> I know, I th- it's hilarious. I think they're going quite all right. Um, look, uh, and Port should have an easy win. Uh, Greater Western Sydney would want to be uh, beating Fremantle just to keep their slim hopes alive. Melbourne and St Kilda should be an interesting game. That's at Traeger Park. Uh, Carlton and Collingwood and Gold Coast versus North Melbourne. Of course, we have the mini buy. I guess you'd call it. I don't know. Doesn't really mean anything because it's only a few days extra. But uh, there, the rounds got, coming up. We got a ten. Is that right? We got a, a ten day gap or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yep. Our next game. Let me have a look quickly. Our next game, Macca is on uh, when is that Tuesday the 1st of September against Hawthorne and it's like 5 o'clock yeah 10 past 5 at Adelaide Oval oh that's that that's that 10 past 5 game 10 past Um, 5 weird absolutely weird Um, but you know that's the season and of course uh, given given the way we played today um I reckon uh, this would be one we'd almost be thinking about having a crack at winning, I reckon. Uh, sorry, who are we playing for? Hawthorne. Hawthorne. Um, the way Hawthorne played against Port, I'd say no, but uh, on their form that they they displayed in the weeks before that, uh, I'd say yes. 
But um, I, I, don't I, think, I, I don't think sure. played that well. Uh, Port Adelaide played that well, to be honest with you. I thought that, but I thought they had a, the Hawthorne's game plan. They the game was basically played on Hawthorne's terms rather than the way Port would, would have liked to have played it, and um, that that reduced, I thought, Port back to an ordinary side. I think that Port Adelaide are a vulnerable side uh, to the teams that really plan to uh, not allow them to play the style of football they'd like to play. Uh, yeah. In other words, I don't think there's any uh, plan B. I think it's either they've got their game plan or they haven't. And I think Geelong showed that last week. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, look, let's crack into what everyone's actually listening to us for, and that's the uh, game uh, to play today between Geelong and the Crows. And, of course, the Crows 5-7-37 going down to Geelong 9-11-65 in the end, a margin of 28 points. But for most of the match, quite a lot closer than that. Yeah, it was a very good contest, uh, and... um I'm not, I can't remember. Was it one or two goals behind at three quarter time? Um, it's three. And three, was it? Two and a bit. Two and a bit. It was uh, bit. twenty. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, you might be right. Just over two. Anyway, go on. Yeah, but I thought. You know, but I thought that we were still. If we had played as we were playing, we were still in the game and probably going to lose, but make it a really close contest. I just thought in the last half of the last quarter we died, uh, but. Um, the, the, definitely, there's no doubt the application was there, the dedication was there. Uh, they gave, they really did give it a hundred percent in terms of a contest. Um, Channel Seven or or maybe it's Fox Tele, whoever has it, adds this uh, meter that measures the uh, the amount of intensity and. Uh, you know, we, we were right up there. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the top point there. Uh, So it's the highest. I think it's the greatest level of input I've seen as a whole team uh, of pressure put on the opposition. And the other thing, which was a novelty, was actually uh, at half time. I think we were about 7-1 or something like that in terms of clearances out of the centre of the ground. Yes, we did very well clearance-wise um, for most of the match until it counted that last quarter. Geelong dominated us in the uh, in the clearances. Nikki, what did you think? It was the the pressure from the very start, that willingness to get in their face, and I thought that Nick's had quite a game plan to really counter Geelong, mm. and and it was working quite well. The only downs, the only thing that I will nitpick him about is that when they Geelong like to do that little short kicks, <laughs> by short kicks I mean like ten meter kicks, um, along the boundary line. 
Now, we were within five metres of the player all the time, and we could have closed up and actually been on them. But instead, they're all, they just sweated off that five minutes, which gives them that break for those short kicks. So they keep having those possessions. Now, Geelong love to do that. They do that at Cardinia Park. They chip it down on the wing. They keep it wide, and then they bring it into the forward line. They rarely actually go through the corridor. I just think we needed to pressure up there um, a bit better, and I think we would have got more. Um, um, I th- we would have got more turn- turnovers, I actually think. Um, they wouldn't have had as easy possession as what they did. It was, yeah, we, we definitely tired in that last quarter and, and that just took it out for us and that's when they, they were running away from it. But I thought we actually countered their midfield really well and we tackled in the forward line. There was pressure in the forward line. It was delightful. Look, my my impression was that we actually played a bit of a game plan to try and maintain as much energy as we probably could, uh, possibly could, until uh, the last quarter. Um, I actually felt like we played behind the ball quite a bit and we were quite willing to actually let them chip around uh, and we tried to hold them up across half-back. That's the way I saw it. And I think, to me, it was an effort of trying to maintain a little bit of energy. Um, and it gave us an extra quarter because <laughs> we've, we've been running out of steam at half-time, but uh, we managed to get to three-quarter time this week. Um, but uh, that's the way I saw it, Macker. I felt like we were very intense uh, around the contested situation, uh, but in free play we, we uh, wanted to get numbers back behind. Uh, and try to to uh, rebound a little bit off halfback. Yeah, I think that was done deliberately uh, yeah. because of the fact that what Geelong do, they they chip the ball around and they they're happy to do about fifteen chips if necessary, looking for that opening. Yeah, and by having numbers back, we were trying to prevent that opening from coming and then or get them to make a mistake. Yeah. And and it did work for most of the game. You know, not all the time, but you know, uh, otherwise it wouldn't have scored, obviously. But um, but it, it worked reasonably successfully. Um, the problem was that it takes a lot of work and a lot of intensity to, to maintain it. And, of course, we uh, we ran out of that in, uh, well, just after three-quarter time. So, But, um, yeah, I think you're quite right. It was, it was a deliberate game plan to, to play that way and then attack off the halfback flank. It looked like it to me, Mac. Um, there didn't seem to be any other reason why we would be uh, sort of off the contest as much as we were. Um, and it really it really seemed like it was, you know, a concerted effort to maybe just just conserve a little bit um, and try to keep ourselves in the game a little bit longer. And, look, by and large, it worked, to be honest with you. It, it wasn't a bad... If that was the tactic, it actually wasn't a bad tactic, as if you ask me. Well, I think it would have had to be the tactic because we did it all game. Um, so, you know, I, I think that... Uh, you know the, the wingers were well back, and the uh, the midfielders were well back as well. Um, because it, the, the problem with it, of course, it, uh, then they come forward, and then you've got to get the ball back over them. But they, Geelong have always been a master at playing that one bloke behind the press, so that if you actually get over there, you usually kick it to him. Yeah. Um, look, the other thing too, I think, from mine is that. Uh, We really, uh, how can I put this? 
we really, I think part of the reason why we were in the game for as long as we were is that the, the senior players actually stayed in the game for longer. We got good performances out of Sloan and Crouch. Um, I felt like Hardigan, yes. despite Hawkins yes. always being a threat, I thought Hardigan would, did a really good job on on Hawkins. Um, yeah, best game I, I've seen him play for a long time. Yeah, I, I, I just feel like we got more out of our um, out of our senior players. Uh, Laird was fantastic, I thought. Um, yeah, good game. So I mean, there were a couple of quiet ones, but by and large, I think that they the the seniors played well, and I think that helped. David McKay was another one. He deserves a mention. He had a great ripper game, actually. He um, played well. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I, I think that really helped, and that's what we've been crying out for, the, the fact that the seniors have gone missing for as long as they have um, during many games this season has really exposed the, the kids, and uh, we got more of an even performance uh, across the board today, I feel. We did. There's no doubt about that. And... Uh, some of the kids, uh, they did their job as well. I thought that, you know, without going into any detail, that uh, uh, Schoenberg and uh, Jones to a lesser degree, and yeah. but they, they they certainly played their game and they weren't yeah. disgraced. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's look at some head-to-head, shall we? Uh, and, uh, oh, look, disposal-wise, it was uh, there was a fair disparity, and most of that was uh, uncontested possession, I think. Um, but 135 to 185 kicks, 115 to 156 handballs, and I think that illustrates what I was, what the way I saw the game anyway. That we, I, I felt like we were we were quite willing to give uh, Geelong certain parts of the ground, um, and they were quite happy to chip it around. And the other thing. Uh, and I forget which quarter it was in, there was a great illustration. We've been saying for a long time, haven't we, that the problem with the Crows is they get it to that 70 metres out on the half-forward line and they just bomb it in and it goes straight out. How many times did you see Geelong get held up in that exact position and instead of bombing it in, they switched, they spread, they drew us out until they opened up the forward line again and then they were able to pinpoint a pass. How many times did you see that happen? Well, that's how the game was played <laughs> all the time. Um, and the other thing is that uh, when we have it, uh, the long as they've been together for quite a long time, their rolling press is excellent. You can, As we switch the ball in the back line trying to get around it, you see their press going across as well. Yeah, that's, that's um, fitness. That, they do that very well. And, uh, and that's something we haven't mastered properly yet. We've got uh, a lot of new boys back uh, down back, and that'll, that'll all come in time. Yeah, oh, no doubt. But you know, I felt it was a real lesson for us as a club because we've been guilty of it for a long time. It was a real lesson for our club to see what a patient forward 50 entry is like. Um, you know, they didn't waste too many forward 50 entries, uh, even though they outnumbered us in inside 50s by 14. Um, I, f- I just felt like their um, their ability to hold the ball, spread the play, draw us out, uh, release someone into some space was excellent. And it really is something that our forward line need to work on, I think. Um, Mark's... Uh, with so many uncontested possessions, uh, Geelong as expected were 40 up on marks, 42 to 81. Uh, tackles quite even, uh, 74 to 77, and it was quite noticeable that we were very, uh, 
Very different to last week. We were sticking tackles, we were hitting players very close in, and uh, from that perspective, it was quite obvious to me that one of the KPIs that would have been homed into them during the week was uh, tackles and their lack of tackle pressure last week. I I just want to highlight one of the tacklers in Shane McAdam because when he gets close enough to stick him, he is so strong and he locks down both arms so well. He is an excellent, excellent technique. Agree with you, Nicky. (laughs) Nicky. (laughs) Yeah, totally agree with you, Nicky. Um, uh, And he's quick. When he he sees opportunity, he's, he's... you know, he just whacked straight at Yep. Uh, clearances, 31 to 36. Uh, we were up for a lot of that uh, stat for the game. But uh, as I said, the last quarter, Geelong got on top. Rebound 50s, 31 to 23, reflective of the way the game was played. Inside 50s, as I mentioned, um, uh, in Geelong's favour. Um, but it, even though Geelong had a lot of the ball for a lot of the period of the, time, of the game, it didn't feel to me the same level of dom- dominance by one team over another as we've seen on previous weeks? Yeah, well, I agree. I felt like we were in it for a long part of the game. Uh, contested, well, we possessions, yeah, contested possessions. Contested uh, possessions, we lost that stat by 10, but it was a much improved effort on last week. Uncontested possessions, as I pointed out, um, Geelong had 85 more uncontested possessions than we did, and as a consequence, their disposal disposal efficiency uh, was far greater than us, 73 to 66. Um, contested marks, 9 to 5. Uh, marks inside. Pity, pity, pity Danger went at um, 59%, though. Just normal for him. You can't knock Dangerfield. I, I won't have anyone. Yeah, I can. No, I won't have anyone knock Dangerfield. He is an absolute powerhouse. Absolute powerhouse. Yeah, I would, I'm on the same page as you. I, I would kill to have Dangerfield back in, in our team. He is an absolute champion, in my opinion. Well, he so, is, and he's an inspiration to his team because he'll, he'll win the unwinnable ball. Yep, I don't care what his disposal efficiency is like. I really don't because when you get it as often as he does <laughs> and in uh, at, at times, as you mentioned, Maka, he just wins the unwinnable ball and he gets clear of the... Uh, Stoppage that he has no right to get clear of. He's an absolute champion. Out and out champion. Uh, marks inside 50, 9 to 4. Clearances, I've already mentioned. Um, seven clearances, though. Seven to se- seven each. It was 6 1 at three quarter time, I think. And uh, Geelong won six straight in the last quarter. Um, stoppage clearances, 24 to 29. I thought we did quite well around the ground. Um, Metres gained uh, 700 up for Geelong, and that just, uh, again, illustrates the, the way the game was played. Turnovers were even, intercepts were even, and tackles inside 50 Geelong uh, 13 to our 8. Although, I've I got to say, I thought our forward pressure was far better this week than in previous weeks. Well, you know, I'm just asking a question at random, Fane. Um, no, it's not allowed, mate. Sorry. No, well, I'm just asking you, I'll ask you the question. Um, and you can answer it or not. Um, right. A lot of people have sort of indicated and had and had uh, snipes and saying Nick's can't coach, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Did you feel like today that he could coach? Oh, look, I thought we had a plan. It looked like we had a plan. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, as I said, it looked like the plan was to... Look, a couple of things were clear to me. It was clear to me that... Um, 
they made a big deal out of the insipid effort around ground ball and in contested situations last week. Um, so because our effort in those areas uh, was much improved. I felt like we had we had a way that we wanted to play and that was, as I said, to sort of sit, sit back and allow Geelong to move the ball up and, and try and clog it up around our half-back line. Whether that's a good plan or not is debatable, but it was a plan nonetheless. And right. I think it was a plan designed to try and keep us in the game for as long as possible. The reason um, I'm asking that question, though, Fiend, is because mm. there's been many a game we've been we've said afterwards we couldn't work out what the game plan was. Whereas this week we've been able to work out what it is, what it was. But I, I look, and, I, th- I think that comes down to fitness, Nick, don't you? Yes, and but also what it says to me is that there's buy-in from the players. Yeah, good to what point. he's saying that he's actually able to teach them. This is what we're going to do this week. It's different from last week and to get the players to do that says that yes he can coach yeah no look i that's that's a fair call i guess nick um i to me it's it's impossible impossible to uh try and work out whether he can coach at the moment i just oh, don't he, i just I mean, a man with so many handicaps so while well, he's trying to coach you know he's he's got uh, poor quality assistant coaches and a lack of assistant coaches and no wise heads to help him. So, yeah, I totally agree. With you. I've never seen a coach given so many, uh, come in and coach an, um, an AFL team and be given such little support. So, uh, yeah, we won't know until next year uh, whether when he's got uh, proper quality uh, assistants, et cetera, and whether he can or not. No. Uh, it's um, He's on a hiding to nothing at the moment and I don't think it's fair to judge him. Um, I think some players have struggled. It was it was quite obvious to me that Sloney, for example, was uh, better for last week's run. Um, it's obvious to me that Matt Crouch seems to have recaptured a level of fitness that he didn't have earlier in the season. Um, and when you've got two key players like that unfit for a lot of the year, I mean, we've seen it. We've been absolutely slaughtered, slaughtered uh, by opposition midfields. And, uh, you know, playing kids and, and Ben Keys has been a, a lone hand in there. So to, so Nick's has had lots of things that he's had to deal with that impact on how he can coach, you know. Uh, he's got a skeleton crew for assistant coaches. Um, he's got a, a, a training regime that he hasn't really got control over because there's restrictions and limitations on how many can train together, etc., etc. It is, Another good point. It's yeah. just not the environment to try to be teaching a young team. And at the moment, I think it's just a, an exercise in trying to get them, get games into them and just with a very simple game plan. And I think for, for while they were able to this week, uh, they stuck to that game plan really well. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, are we going to talk about text yet? Well, let's uh, let's go to the individuals, uh, shall we, Macca? Because I know that you're uh, champion at the, <laughs> champion at that bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, look, let's have a look at Texas game, shall we? Um, let's get that Sweetest out of the way. Favorite. And look, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, first of all, we need to congratulate Tex uh, for two hundred games. Yes, and that should be acknowledged. Yep. Yeah, and I felt like he tried 
to impose himself on the game, Maka? He tried to, but he didn't. <laughs> yeah, but Maka's all about stats and has always been all about stats. No, Nicky, I watched the whole game and I watched it very closely and um, and uh, he could not have tried harder. Um, and so there's no criticism there. But he he doesn't lead and take marks like he used to be able to at his best. Um, one thing I will give him, when he has the ball in hand, he's very clever. One, you know, he, one kick was it that he had for the game um, and that uh, I think we got a goal out of uh, by a very clever kick on his behalf. Uh, but, you know, he, he just can't play when you're centre-half forward uh, or full forward or whichever position he's playing at the time. Only gets stats of that nature. Well, I mean, I'm not going to go over how I feel about Tex because I said it a couple of weeks ago. I think he's done. And I think we are hurting Darcy Fogarty's development by having both of them in the team. Correct. I, I don't have a problem with the club getting Tex to 200. Um, I do have a bit of a clubbing, uh, a bit of a problem in the club facilitating Tex um, limping over the line uh, with with regards to Modred's record, but the way he's going, I don't think he'll kick another goal in his career. Um, I, I think he's done. I, I think I, I've said this now for a long time, and it's been painfully obvious this year. Uh, he's just not physically up to it. Even his his uh, mind is willing, but his body's not able. And I think it's time for Tex to bow out. Yeah, but he won't because I mean he's got a contract for next year, seven hundred fifty thousand. Would you depart for when you but, can get seven fifty thousand, whether you play or not? Macca, he's actually said that um, he's not sure if he can play on next year, and if it's actually right for the club for him to play on next year. Tex, first and foremost, has always been put team first. Yeah, I'd agree with that. He Nikki. absolutely has always put team first. And watching him in the warm-up, he wasn't really – he was just jogging through when everybody else was sprinting. And I, I think he knows his time's kind of up. And I think he will actually make the hard decision that the club is not willing to do. Well, Nick said he's required next year. Yeah, well, he's not going to say anything else, is he? He's not going to say, oh, nah, but, uh, that's it for Tex. He's just not going to say that. But, I well, mean... Oh. How do you think they'll do it then? If, I mean, would, would you negotiate it like they're trying to do with Gibbs, negotiate a settlement? Like, Gibbs is on about the same sort of money and uh, that will give you half the money not to pay. Well, the the Gibbs situation is different and, uh, you know, condolences... Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm getting cramp in my legs because I went out to kick the football today. <laughs> <laughs> And my hamstrings are starting to cramp up under the desk. So if I'm squiggling around like an idiot at the moment, uh, <laughs> it's because I'm struggling to uh, not absolutely keel over in pain. <laughs> um, and uh, I could barely kick it over 40 metres. No. Yeah, but, well, I mean, uh, I've, I've actually wisely stopped kicking it because uh, the last time I kicked it, I thought I nearly broke my kneecaps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I had a couple of pings from 40 and it wasn't pretty. Um, now, look, uh, I don't think Nix has got any choice but to back Tex in, but it's not just Nix, it's the list management committee and it's the match committee. 
And uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again, I think they're hurting Darcy's development. Uh, Darcy doesn't know what to do at the moment. He's just running around like a... aimlessly running around uh, at the moment. In the chat, uh, one of the the members there quite rightly has pointed out, because I remember hearing that, uh, what Tex said, he didn't actually say that he would to retire, Nicky. He said he wasn't uh, sure if he would be playing at the Crows, we would play on next year at the Crows. He would even yeah, say bow out altogether. He's he's always going to leave an option open. I mean, if another club wants to take him, then I think he will go, yeah, okay, you, you can do that. But he did say, Nicky, that he would prefer to be a one-club player. Yeah, he, he did make that remark, and I found it interesting at the time. But uh, That's uh, also drilled into them by their managers. You always look, keep your options open. I, I can't see another club wanting Tex, to be honest with you. I think... The writing's been on the wall, wall for Tex for, uh, for more than this season, and uh, I'd be highly surprised. It, the game's gone past him, um, but uh, given the given his attitude, um, it may well require the match committee to make a hard call, and that's going to be where it's going to be interesting. Look, he had three disposals uh, for the match, um, he only had two kicks, um, one in the second, one in the third, and the other one was a handball. Uh, so, I mean, it's not... Which resulted in Stengel's goal. Yeah, it's not... Yeah, but, Nick, you can say that. I know, that. I know. It wasn't enough. You, you can say that. Yes, it, yes, it resulted in Stengel's goal. We know that Tex is clever with ball in hand. We know that. We know that. That's not in dispute. But the simple fact is, he doesn't get involved in the game often enough, and his primary responsibility is to be a marking and goal-kicking forward. Now, we've seen that he hasn't got the range in his leg anymore because the last few times he's had shots from outside. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Fifty. He's dragged the ball across, which is a sign of a guy who's struggling for distance. Now that is a real warning. Sign for me because if Texas signature is his ability to kick long and if he's struggling with his hips and with his knees to get enough leverage on the ball to kick the ball over 50 metres that, that's him done that's simple as that I oh, know I, I completely and utterly agree uh, with you um, you know I, I, I do think he's he yeah is, Nicky, is done he's cool I mean, he's 30, and somebody's asked on the chat how old he is. He's 30. Um, but uh, ever since 
uh, he he did had, uh, did his ACL in that time. He's never been the same type of footballer. That's and, true. Uh, and I think he's just he's really in the last two years deteriorated very very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if we look at Fogarty's numbers, uh, he had three disposals in the first, two in the second, um, one in the third, and two in the last. He had uh, no score involvements, Darcy Fogarty. Um, uh, although he had three inside fifties, uh, two in the last quarter, but it's that it's that lack of uh, impact on the scoreboard that worries me about Darcy. And as I've been banging on about, and people are probably sick of hearing me, uh, sick of hearing me say it, we need to understand what Darcy brings. And at the moment, with Tex in the team, I just don't feel like we understand what Darcy brings because I don't think Darcy knows what to do. Well, I think that's fair comment too, Fiend. And uh, because uh, he just he does uh, doesn't perform when Tex is there. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, and uh, uh, Tex is becomes the main target, and he doesn't get it. And that sort of leaves Fogarty in no man's land. Um, but with Fogarty, do you think that his future is as a forward, or do, would you like to see him really have a uh, I'd give him a, a training mentor to get him as fit as possible so that he could run all day. But I think he could make a good midfielder. No, like, no. You don't think he could be all over his shoot, Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. No, the, you're, you're definitely right. Someone needs to get grab hold of him and, yeah. and get him fit. Definitely right. And I've got no doubt that Fogarty could pinch hit in the middle and uh, be dangerous as that, you know, one-hit wonder in the middle. But he is a leading forward. He, he You put... Uh, you, you take about three or four inches off uh, uh, Hawkins, and that's what we want Fogarty to be, that leading forward, that powerhouse forward. Right? That's what he is. He's not fast enough to be a midfielder. He's not... He's not agile enough to be a midfielder. He's a bloody forward, and he needs to be given the keys to the 50 and told to make it his own. I think that's the way Fogarty plays. I think that's the way Fogarty wants to play, and he can't do it with Tex in there. And I think it it will actually help McAdam, and it will help Himmelberg as well in terms of that setup if he's a bit deeper. Absolutely. Or either that, he look that when you've got a tool and a, and, a, and a, a like a marking and a leading forward, you can you can slingshot between the two. So you can play Fogarty as a lead up and have Berg or whoever deep, and then at other times you can have Fogarty sitting sitting deep and have Berg up the ground. But you've got you've got that variety in 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 options. But at the moment, Fogarty's just he's got no space to work in because it's taken up by other people. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to harp on about it because I think we've talked about it a fair bit. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see what the, the club does with regards to Tex. Um, I, I know he loves the club. I know that he loves football and he probably doesn't even, can't even consider what life without football is like. Um, but we all get to that point and uh, he's gotten to that point right now just while we're covering the forward line uh, I just want your thoughts on Benny Crocker um, because at the moment Benny Crocker is keeping Ben Davis out of the team 
and uh, to me he's not uh, as much as I was a big uh, a fan of Ben's during the pre-season yeah, for mine he's not giving enough at the moment yeah I thought I have to agree with you Fain. I thought that he was going to be uh, okay for us but um, I thought he was very very ordinary today and he's been he really hasn't the chances he's been given in recent times he, he just hasn't grabbed at all and uh, which is why he just comes and gets a game and gets tossed out again. And I think he'll get tossed out again uh, if they're serious about that. But apparently, um, Vardy Magic says, and who, nobody would argue with Vardy Magic, very good with their stats and information. Uh, Davis, injured apparently, which is why he's not being being given, offered a game. Is he on our injured list? I haven't seen him on our injured list. I haven't seen him on the injured, injured list either. So uh, I'd be interested what, whether VM, Marty, Vardy Magic knows what actually is wrong with him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we've got Tommy Lynch on the sidelines as well, so um, uh, I would oh, imagine. Oh, we've got some good players on the sidelines. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is, I would imagine that Tommy Lynch uh, will come in at the expense of Ben. Um, I, I'm a bit disappointed. I, to be honest with you, I thought um, Ben might bring us something, but no tackles inside fifty. Um, only two score involvements, um, and as I said, only a handful of disposals. Um, just need a little bit more from, or a lot more from him, to be perfectly honest. Um, Lockie Murphy's another one. Tell me what you thought about Lockie's game. Not much. I didn't really notice him very much, Ben. Oh, I did. did yeah, did, did his normal running hard, trying to cover, but he needs to be more proactive. Yeah, um... I felt like they were playing him higher up the ground this week. Yes, um, they, they were. No doubt about yep. that. Uh, a lot, lot of work up around the wings. Um, you know, uh, worked really, really hard. Um, what do you have? Uh, only three handballs in the first quarter, a kick and two handballs in the second, three kicks in the third, and only four handballs in the last. So it's uh, at nine handballs and four kicks again, and a, a bit crocker-like. Um you know, you just want more from him. Uh, no score involvement, so again, no impact where it hurts. Um, That's probably my, that would be my take on his game. He, look, nobody would ever ever say that he doesn't give a hundred percent and that he doesn't risk his body. He does, but he didn't have any today. He just didn't have any, any particular impact at all. Well, the, the, I mean, the only thing that you can give him is his tackle rate. I mean, he had uh, five tackles in the third quarter, Macca four. Um, His work rate's excellent. Yep. Yeah, no, four, rate's four up the ground and one inside 50. He had, um, what's that, uh, one, two, six tackles for the match, um, seven, eight tackles for the match. Uh, so, I mean, from that perspective, and he copped a lot of hits. He copped a beauty of a hanger. From, actually, uh, the eight tackles does swing a little bit your way, I think. Uh, um, that, that is a good effort, actually, eight, eight tackles. He, he was quite a bit shook up from that um, almost decapitation. Yeah. Um, that occurred. And also, that was danger, wasn't it? yeah, it was Dangerfield. And earlier, that free he gave away in the goal square, once again, poor umpiring, because what wasn't shown on the vision was that, yes, he was up against Blickfuss, but Blickfuss actually threw him away well off the ball. And that's him coming back to, to try and engage again. And of course, it was the secondary free that's um, paid. I mean, it's completely outside. So I'm. I'm not going to hang him on on that particular thing because he actually should have had it free. Yeah. Now, look, I don't think he's the answer, um, but at the moment I don't know who else is answering that question. So, uh, 
you know, I guess we're just stuck <clears throat> on, a, on a holding pattern with him. Uh, in terms of forward line, Himmelberg, um, I felt he was back to his old ways. Nicky of running under the ball. <laughs> a little bit. I really yeah. did like his ruck work, though. Um, I thought that he was um, up against Radigalia. I thought he was actually doing really well there. In, and he's doing those smart little the little taps again. But, yeah. Um, well, he's your I son, Nicky. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, there's a lot. There's a lot there to work with, and I think he's got enough of tricks to be a worry to um, a, a defense. Um, he's like that mark he took in the pack. He had no right to take that mark, but that's one of his tricks. He's got those great long arms, and he was able to, to clunk the mark. It's a kick afterwards. It was a bit of a problem, um, <laughs> but. Yeah, it's, it's the problem with him is it's almost it's always an almost game. Yeah, he almost does it, and it's just like, come on, it needs to click. Well, it was really a fair way. I think it's a fair way off of almost today, though. In that that first mark he took, and uh, and then didn't kick the goal, which was so disappointing. And I thought that he really didn't do much forward forward uh, after that. Though I I do agree with you, he had a, a couple of gold moments when he was uh, in the ruck. Um, but you know, I, I am. I am. I've gone from saying uh, get rid of him at the end of the year end to keeping him. Um, I think he's actually played well enough over the over the last few weeks to at least uh, keep himself on the list. But we have to remember and that's something we will have to do in another one of these uh, casts. Is even if they only cut the uh, the list back by four players. And we're probably going to take five picks at least at the draft. That's nine players that are going to have to go. So uh, that'll be a very interesting conversation. But I don't think he'll be one of them. No, I think uh, I think he's put himself in the frame. I mean, you guys just spent two minutes talking about one particular mark. It's the only mark he took for the game. Correct. And that's my problem with him. Um, you know, two score involvements. Um, if he's not uh, if if he's not marking the ball. Not hitting the scoreboard. Uh, and, you know, you said he did well in the ruck, Nicky. He only got three taps. Um, although I felt he competed all right. Um, yeah, that's what it was. It was... It just it needs was more. That... It just need more from him. Yeah. One question, Fee. Um, with... Um, um, how many, look at how forward, our key forwards, um, how many marks did they take between them? Well, uh, that's that's kind of what I'm trying to illustrate. So if you're looking at Hummelberg, Fogarty, uh, Walker, Walker. Uh, the three of them. We've got one, Nillen, Hammy for Fog. Basically looking at three marks. Three marks between three players for the whole game. That's Fogarty took one. Another. Walker took one. Oh, Walker did take one. Yeah. One each. So that's, yep. that's, that's, that's just not acceptable. No, and, and that's only, that's and only one of those marks was actually in the forward line. And yes, our forward fifty entries are crap, uh, but Himmelberg dropped at least two or three on the wings where he had position, and it was just that he his he ran out of the ball and his hands were soft. Um, that's a technique issue, uh, and he needs to overcome it because at the moment. That like last couple of weeks, he's been jumping at the ball. It's been really good, but he reverted back to jumping uh, from 
were basically jumping vertically with those straight hands. I like Kurt I like Tippett. to call it his Mickey Mouse. And he has his arms are directly by his ears. He hasn't got Tippett's hands, unfortunately. Um, so no. uh, he, he can't pull that off. So that's something he's going to have to work on because he hasn't got a lot of pace. Um, and uh, he, he plays. I'd like to see. Like to see them try him a little bit deeper at times, uh, in one out situations, uh, because they they play him quite high, really. Um, but at the moment, we're not getting enough from him. In my opinion, well, we can't argue with that. All right, so let's. I mean, look, I think the forward line let us down. Uh, if we have a look at um, McCannum, uh, McCannum was fantastic. I thought. Um, what do you have? Uh, he had. That two, four, six, eight, eleven disposals. He had three, five, seven, eight kicks and three handballs. Uh, not huge numbers, but given his role, um, and if you chuck some tackles in there as well, let's chuck some tackles in there as well. Uh, he only had one tackle, <laughs> um, but uh, but it was a good one. But it was a bloody good one. Um, oh. So again, though, with with McAdam. A lot of his a lot of his efforts were up the ground. A lot of his efforts were up the ground, and when the ball comes into our forward fifty, this is what you were illustrating earlier, Maka. Our forwards aren't dangerous, are they? No, that's our point. Yeah, they're the only, not dangerous. The only forward that really looked uh, um, dangerous at times, I thought was McCannum had looked dangerous at times, and uh, that's what I'm talking about, look- you goose. What are you on bloody some sort of alcohol bender tonight? I could be. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you including Schoenberg in the forwards? Because that's no. predominantly where he played. No, I'm not including Schoenberg in the forwards because that's not where I'm interested. I can't go forward. Nikki doesn't know what she's talking about half the time. No, Schoenberg was playing mostly out of the forward line. He was playing half forward. Uh, I thought he was playing on the ball, Nikki. Nope. The majority of his game was half forward. He would change onto the ball every so often or he would press up high for once the ball was bounced, but he, he wasn't in many of the centre bounces. Oh, I thought he did quite a few. <laughs> I was watching him. I thought he was. Did, you, did you say that he wasn't in centre bounces? No, he wasn't in that many as he has previously been. He was playing more half forward for this I, game. I thought he was in a lot of centre bounces, Nicky. I was at the game. Well, doesn't I mean you're right. I was watching right. the game. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. watching it blood up. And I watched it on close-up on TV, Nikki. You're watching little blobs in the distance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stengel's the other one to have a look at. Um, his, Moment. Uh, Good moments, but that's it, moments. Yeah, but that's probably all you're going to get from Stengel, really. Um, again, another player who didn't touch it in the last... Um, but too uh, tired, needs to get fit. Well, the ball didn't get down to the fold lines much either in that last quarter. Um, but uh, four tackles inside 50 was pretty good. Um, three score involvements, so not the worst. Um, but again, if if you if your tall forwards aren't contesting and aren't bringing you into the play, um, and if your team is relying on its forwards to come up the ground and uh, assist in def- applying defensive pressure, 
this the outcome is that you're not going to hit the board very often. You're not going to hit the scoreboard very often. Um, and the game style that we played today, sitting behind the ball and running through, that's the outcome. You're going to get this sort of output from blokes like Tyson Stengel. Yeah. I think that's probably fair enough too because they're not. it's not a case of... Um, us putting mass pressure in our forward line. It's more a case of trying to rebound and get up there with them sitting with a with a loose player in defence. Yeah, um, I don't want to be all negative, uh, but I did want to highlight, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, the forward line because I felt like we just didn't get enough output. Uh, from line. But let's have a look at the midfield. Benny Keys first up. Uh, what do you have? Six kicks, two handballs in the first half, three kicks and six handballs in the second half. So. Not a bad effort from Ben. Seventeen touches. Um, uh, tries really hard and is makes really good position. He always seems to be in good position, Macca. Yeah, you know, he's very good at where he where he places himself. So he's very quite often uh, where he's getting no stat at all is where he's actually taking position of the ball and they've grabbed him and and you know another bounce up. But because he's very good at. Uh, Position himself where the ball is going to go to, or maybe the ruckman's looking for him. I don't know, but uh, he. Don't, I think he plays well. Yeah, three tackles as well. Um, uh, all in the second half when the game really did heat up. He also had three score involvements. Um, so, you know, uh, and also, how many inside fifties did he have? Um, but uh, always shows intent, and uh, you can't question his endeavour. And I thought he did well for the majority of the game. Uh, and he was one of the few he kept going in the last, which, again, is indicative of our fitness program. Now, who else have we got in the middle? Harry Schoenberg, who, depending on who you are, he either played in the midfield or across half-forward. Um, yeah, so he's on the ball most of the time. He's also in the back lines as well. So um, if he was a half forward, he got lost, Nicky. Um, no, that's where our half forwards run to, Macca. <laughs> that's <laughs> where our half forwards run to. My God. Mahalke was up there. McAdam was up there. God, I'd hate you, Mary. You'd heart me to death. Now, now, you. now, now. Come on. But it's um, <laughs> different, Nicky, okay? Um, but I'd look. Um, I thought Schoenberg uh, has shown us more in the, his first year than Jones has shown us in his two years. And uh, I know that Jones has got beautiful pace, but at this stage you've got to get combine that with getting the ball as well. Um, so I actually rated Schoen, Schoenberg's game for a junior, um, given a lot of responsibility. I thought he, he did a, very, you know, a good job for a junior. And yeah. uh, I think undoubtedly he's going to be a very good player for us, very mm. good player. Two kicks, five handballs in the first half, along with um, two stoppage clearances. Only the two handballs in the second half and no clearances, so he did tire. Um, But um, the thing I like about watching Harry play is what he does when he's got the ball in in traffic. And uh, I haven't seen him. He did turn one over, as Nick and I were were talking about earlier, where the Geelong player just sweated off him and, and intercepted. Um, but by and large, he's always looking to attack out of a contest. He's always looking to put a player in it to put it to the player's advantage, uh, and he doesn't get flustered around traffic. So, uh, all good traits. He just needs to get a bit fitter. Yeah, and he's not a panicker at all. 
No, it doesn't. Well, how do you no, rate him, Ricky? Oh, I really, really like him. Um, my dad, after last week's game, described him as he plays like Raul. And whilst he's not quite at that class of Raul, he's bloody close. And that's nice. and I and I think that's um he's he is only going to get better. That little um handball that was intercepted, it just needed to be a little bit harder. And he and he does kind of telegraph it a little bit too much, so that's probably something that just needs to be tweaked. And the other thing is, is he always wants to, um, when he gets held, he throws his arms out. And the umpires at the AFL level, they don't pay it. You got to stop doing it and just keep going after the ball, Harry. But otherwise, yeah, he's really composed. The <laughs> thing that annoyed me a little bit was he kept making great positions for the kick out of defence. And if we were quicker moving the ball out. He would have had it so many times because the Geelong players just weren't manning him up. Yeah. Uh, the other thing about Harry is not afraid to tackle four tackles for the game, including one or two beauties on Dangerfield. Um, oh, yeah. And, Should have uh, been holding the ball. You know, even even though he didn't get any uh, any posies in the last quarter, he still laid two tackles, so he was still, you know, in and amongst it. So, um you know, a lot to like. Uh, the the comparison with Raul is an interesting one. He probably looks a little bit like Raul the way he moves. What he could benefit from is um, emulating Matty Raul in terms of his professionalism because uh, that kid just lives, eats, breathes yeah. football. Um, yeah. And uh, he's going to be anything, Matty Raul. Um, the other... Midfielders, who we got here? Let's have a look at Miles Paholke before we get into the seniors. Um, Miles played a little bit through the midfield and also across half forward leading up. Um, I actually thought it might have been Miles's best game for the club, to be honest. Well, you know, I, I was one of the ones that think, said he was definitely a one to clean out at the end of the season. He he's sort of a I thought he's doing doing a useful job, and uh, I thought he wasn't too bad today at all. He is a little bit slowed with his uh, movement, foot movement, and uh, that reflects then in his decision making. But um, he's a he's a calm type of lad. He doesn't seem to get panicked very easily. And, also, uh, very good in traffic, Macca. He's another one who's yeah. good in traffic. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, and I thought he, I thought he was quite reasonable today. What what I like about Paholke um, is that, A, they're finally playing him in the midfield, which is where he needs to be played, is he's always that attacking one. He's looking to go through the middle. It's I think he's got better decision-making 
um, in in that kind of attacking sense. And whilst, yeah, there were some issues, I mean, the one stage he was lined up on Dangerfield, that was never going to end well. No. Um, he's got a great set of hands, which our other midfielders don't have, and his teammates trust him about that. They know that they can kick it to him, and even if he's outsized, he's going to mark it. Um, I... Look at everyone giving me shit about saying it was Bahoki's best game. <laughs> I know. No, they, they were slagging him off earlier, and I'm just like, what game did you watch? Um, because I I really like the fact that he's in the team. Um, yes, he is that slower player. He's not quick, but he's got other attributes that I think are – and he's still young, and, he, and he's also a good size. Do you look at our other – youngsters, they're tweeners, they're still sticks. He's not. Look, He's I actually think, got a good size to him. I think Miles has suffered from not being played in position. Uh, yep. You know, and uh, not having the opportunities. And, you know, some of that may be down to fitness and all the rest of it, and I understand that. But uh, uh, he plays tall for a midfielder. He's got very good decision-making skills. Uh, he doesn't get flustered in traffic. And uh, you do need a distributor. And... Uh, I think he he doesn't run off the lines. He um, he he's generally a one take player. His decision making could be a little bit quicker at times with ball in hand, um, but I think there's a bit to work with. And uh, if he ends up being one of the ones left on the cutting room floor with the list call at the end of the season, I wouldn't mind betting that some other club picks him up. Yeah, well, I think he, like he's there and thereabouts. He's, well, that's where he is. Um... So he'd sort of be one of the last to be cut if he does get cut. And uh, if he did get cut, he, yeah, you're right, he probably could get picked up elsewhere. But to me, it's, he's a little bit touch and go, depending how many players uh, the AFL reduced the list by. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm saying, sensibly, they shouldn't be taking it. There's 44 players at the moment counting um, 38 plus 6. This uh, is 44. And I'm saying that they shouldn't really cut it back past 40, and I don't think they will. At most, they'd, they'd take five off, but sensibly, it should probably be only four. Yeah. Um, look, yeah, that that's my take on Bahulky anyway. Uh, who else? Let's have a look at Chase, shall we? Um, started off really well. Had a quiet second half, um, but uh, I thought his first half wasn't bad. Only the one kick... Six handballs, uh, but uh, four tackles uh, and three clearances in that first half, Maka. Um, he did get involved. I, he did get involved. And that's exactly the words that I was going to use. He he seemed to be trying to get involved more. Um, he couldn't sustain it in the second half, only the two kicks, uh, the one tackle and uh, two clearance, two stoppage clearances. Uh, but showed something in the first half and... Um, no, Volus in the in the chat makes a really good point. We are going to, and you know, I was reading the Big Footy Game Day chat uh, forum, which is always a, a fun thread to read during the game day. Um, we are going to have to learn to give these guys some more time. I mean, some of these blokes yeah. they haven't been exposed for very long, and we all go on about we're rebuilding and rebuilding, and then when we watch a game, we start slagging them off. Well, the reason we're rebuilding is because these. <laughs> These these kids are, are are kids, you know, less than twenty games experience. The, the you know the the blokes the lads that we've been talking about over the last ten minutes. There's not fifty games between them. 
you know so we we can't expect the world and they've all shown signs they've all shown glimpses uh we've talked about schoenberg we've talked about jones we've talked about uh they've all shown glimpses that they can play and as supporters i think we need to be more patient and as a club i think we need to give them more opportunities in the positions that they're actually recruited to play in and just on chase i was really pleased he didn't it, there was still some fumbles but he was hitting those contests at pace and he was getting to them at the right time which is something he hadn't been doing in those last couple of games before uh we rightfully gave him um a rest I did like the fact that we were playing him more on the wing um, at times, which I think is that that's actually a nice little spot for him. Uh, if he can, if he can stop himself from getting lost out there, that's my only concern. Yeah. I was having a chat with Cam about this this afternoon while my hamstrings were pinging, and um, <laughs> uh, you know he made because I, I I had said too that I thought Jones might end up being a good wingman, and his comment I thought was very valid that he felt that Jones might get lost a little bit like Rory Atkins gets lost out in the wings there and, and perhaps he just needs to be in the coalface. I'm not sure about that yet. Time will tell. Um, right, let's look at uh, the main ball carriers through the middle because I thought they all played pretty well. Uh, Lady in particular, I thought, had a really good game. Had six kicks in the first half along with nine handballs. Um, and what's that three tackles, oh no, sorry, three centre clearances and three tackles, one stoppage clearance. A um, little bit quieter in the second half. Um, still, at times, there was one classic play, I think it was the first play of the third quarter, Mac, where it was just a classic situation where O'Brien's uh, won the ruck a little bit and it's gone to Guthrie and Laird has just got sucked into that contest and Dangerfield has just stayed where he was and Guthrie's just uh, delivered a nice little handball over the top, and Laird's looked around and gone, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, so we've seen that one too many times. Yeah, say. that's right. And, you know, that's that's where understanding and awareness comes in, but that's where we need to get this group of midfielders playing together as much as we possibly can. That's just understanding. Uh, Laird, unfortunately, got sucked into that, and uh, he'll, he'll be better for that. But look, all, all up, uh, look, he had six kicks and five handballs in the, in the second half, which was excellent. Uh, and four tackles in the last quarter when uh, everyone was out of steam. So pretty good game from, from Letty all up, in my opinion. Yeah, pretty close to our best. It was certainly in our best two or three. Yep. Um, yeah, I really liked his game today. Yeah, Sloaney, um, similar numbers, really, and uh, really tried his guts out in the last quarter. Uh, what do you have there? He had five kicks and four handles in the first half, along with two tackles. Uh, no clearances, which surprised me. I thought he got one. Um, in the second half, he only had the one kick, uh, which was in the last quarter. Five handballs, um, but three tackles along with a stoppage clearance. So um, uh, battled really hard, but just looked a little bit more of a presence around the stoppage than last week. It looked fitter for mine. Yeah, well, it actually would be, yeah. Yeah, just look, just look better for the run. I don't think he was right last week. Um, and Matt Crouch, probably his best game for the season without any shadow of a doubt. Um, in the first half, he had seven kicks and seven handballs to go along with eight tackles in the first half, if you don't mind. 
um, and a center clearance. Uh, that's if that's not a show of intent. I don't know what is. Yeah, he was. He he did get a bit of a roasting from the crowd when he started off doing lots of handballs, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he started kicking it. Um, but 14, I think fourteen right. tackles that's for one, the that's match. One of, oh yeah, and there were some really good tackles um, there as well. Um, I I agree. That's probably one of his better games for this season. No doubt, Matt. How'd you see his game? No, I'm very happy with his game. And like you said, I think um, he. he um, he did certainly use the ball a lot better, and uh, uh, he, he, I can I can think of one hospital hand pass that he gave, um, but apart from that, um, he didn't, which is often one of his trademark. But um, I thought it was limited just to that one today, and I thought overall he played very well. Yeah, um, ran out of gas in the last only with a one kick, but uh, still managed to lay four tackles. I think the biggest thing about Matt was he was getting to position, getting to more positions. Than in the past, uh, past few weeks, he, I think he uh, worked a little bit harder today. I mean, I thought. Well, yeah, and again, it, it, to me, it looked he looked fitter, he looked in better shape, um, and we've said this now for the last month, Mac, that uh, the team don't look right fitness wise. And no, uh, I think sadly they're going to work themselves into fitness when, when all the games are over. Well, well I, well, I mean, they should be starting as we were talking about last week. They should be starting a bloody pre-season right now. Uh, for next year, but uh, that's another conversation. Uh, who else have we got in the middle? I think that's about it. I do want to talk about David McKay's game um, because I thought it was very good. What he have? Three kicks and six handles in the first half, um, five kicks and four handles in the second half, laid two tackles, had a stoppage clearance as well. Um, uh, one of DMAC's better games for us, to be perfectly honest. I felt like he provided us with a lot of run. And he didn't shirk it when it was his turn to go. I don't think he ever does shirk it, actually. No, um, um, one of the, One of the criticisms is that often that he doesn't get a lot of possessions, but off memory, I think he had something like about 18 today. Is that, would that be right? Something like that. And uh, which is, you know, bad for It's pretty good for a halfback flanker. And, and, uh, and he did actually try to provide uh, some run and dash off the halfback flank. And yeah, I, he'd certainly been our better players. And. One of one of those runs I, I quite liked was when we switched the player across and there was Himmelberg the one out. And it resulted in the McAdam goal. Himmelberg didn't mark it, but it was kicked beautifully to Himmelberg's advantage. And that's something we've been lacking um, in those kicks into our forward line. So, so what did he yeah, bloody mark it, Nick? Because his arms were straight up. Because <laughs> he's bloody Mickey Mouse. Um but I, I really did enjoy uh, D-Max game and that intercept mark as well and the kicking the goal. I mean, that that was just great for the team. Yeah. Uh, Brody Smith, 7-3 uh, and three in the first half, 9-2 uh, and two in the second half along with two stoppage clearances and a tackle. Um, I felt like for the large majority of the game, Brody was in pretty good nick. Um, only had the one... Only had the one score involvement, um, which again for a bloke with his uh, kicking ability. Although he did get it inside fifty-four times, so um, but often uh, I just found some of his kicks today weren't put to the advantage of uh, a teammate. Uh, even a couple of his kickouts uh, today, there was one in particular that he just kicked it straight yeah, down the throat. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, there, there were better player. options. Mm. 
It was it was very unlike him. You kept it on one on two. Yeah. Yeah. And I did like that we'd we've put him back in the back lines because we've needed those better kicks out of the back lines. That's they identified it and yeah, they, they put him back there instead of leaving him in the midfield. But yeah, there there were a couple of decisions that were very unsmith like. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually agree with you, Nikki. I thought that um while he, he was pretty good at getting the ball, that um, and he's generally very good with his usage of the ball, he did let himself down a, a few times uh, and the team down a few times today. Um, so I, 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 yeah, he gets a pass for the game, but, you know, not a high pass. No, well, he, he did make some errors with his... Uh, gets a sneak. Eight, eight turnovers for the, for the match probably says it all, doesn't it? Well, that's that supports what we're saying, yeah. Eight that's what we would, so probably Nicky's right with the C, I think. I mean, he's had what? Uh, what did I say? Seven and three in the first half with one uh, with two turnovers, and he's had uh, what's that? Nine and what did I say? Nine and two in the second half with five turnovers. So, you know. Uh, that takes him from a B to a C in my books as well. Yeah, yeah. And look, it's all it's well all well and good for Brody to use his leg, um, but there's no point kicking at fifty five meters if it's going to come straight back over your head. Yeah. Yep. Look, uh, is there anyone else you want me to cover? Because that's pretty much it as far as I'm concerned. Um, I felt like, uh, I mean, the defenders' numbers are probably a bit more irrelevant. I thought Hardigan was really good on Yeah, I was um, going to say Hardigan. I thought his work on Hawkins was really well done. He was outreading the play on him uh, quite well, and I thought he played him He played him really well. He probably played him better than Talia does. Well, as somebody who's crucified him and nailed him to the cross a hundred times, uh, I'd have to say he played very well today. and. Uh, um. Yeah, you know the big fella for Geelong got a couple of goals in the in the last quarter. Got a couple um, of gifts as well. Oh yeah, no, he, got, yeah. He, got, he got some assistance. He yeah, he really got some assistance. He did, and I think that Hardigan, as you said, uh, Nicky, I think uh, he played him as, as well as Talia could have, and maybe even better. Uh, I thought he went. I thought he played well. The other one I would like to mention is Butts. I thought that he uh, took a little. While just to get into the rhythm of the game, I thought once he got into the rhythm of the game, he looked at home in the game, and I thought uh, he's going to be a good player for us long term. I think he's a lovely composed player. Um, I've been watching him play in the SNFL for uh, a couple of years now, and it's exactly how he plays um, in the SNFL. He's just a really composed defender, and he's also very good. We did see another tackle on a highlight. He's smaller player. Even though he's taller, he knows how to tackle to not give away the free on those smaller players. He actually gets down low um, to to ensure that and really, really pleased with the way he played today. Four kicks yeah. and um, four handballs, um, but three in set possessions as well. And I, I agree 100% with what you just said there, Nick. I felt like he worked himself into the game and uh, he he's a bit like... Um, Andy McPherson, uh, he looks pretty solid and doesn't look out of place at all. Hmm. Would agree. Yeah. Um, the only brick bat I've really got, oh, team, is Jake Kelly. 
who's had two it, shockers in a row now, Jake Kelly. He paid a shitter. That's being polite. He paid a shitter. I don't and, know what we're going to do and, about um, Jake Kelly. Unfortunately, we've, we've recontracted him, as I understand it. Um, but maybe that's... Uh, there was rumours he wanted to go to Collingwood to play with his brother. Well, certainly uh, I'd be happy to trade him. Collingwood aren't interested. I wonder what they're going right? to do with contracts because if we're trying to reduce squad numbers, then surely there has to be some sort of leeway given with contracts because if you contract yeah. a player on the basis that you've got 42 players on uh, worth of uh, or 42 slots on a list then all of a sudden you get you got 36 and you're forced to cut uncontracted players that you otherwise might would not want to have contracted that's going to be a bit um a bit of a problem in my view it's a very good oh point. i'm sorry is, is the AFL going to make a decision that they haven't thought through the consequences of of course but look, you know, that's we won't spend much time talking about that now. But uh, I, I can't believe uh, that we would recontract Jake Kelly after the season that he's had because I, barring maybe one game that I can recall, uh, he's been very, very average, very average. Yeah. And, 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 and as, and as would... Vardy Magic said, Nick Nick's came out and said if Talia wasn't going to make it um, for the game, he would have been dropped. If Talia played, he would, would have been yeah, dropped. If, yeah, yeah, if Talia played, he would have been dropped. And and that's that problem we've got with McPherson and Hamill. He wouldn't be in the team if those two players are available. Yeah. Um, there's a guy on YouTube, Jake Ramsey, and I, I'm starting to suspect he's a bloody Geelong supporter. <laughs> so if anyone, else is, if anyone else is on YouTube, just start beating up Jake Ramsey because uh, I reckon he's a... He, he's a He's infiltrated the crow cast, but uh, no, you're welcome, Jake. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we're not going to talk about them too much. We don't, we don't care about Geelong. Um, yeah, so look, overall, I think a good effort uh, by the lads. Uh, we've got a little bit of a break now, uh, time to regroup uh, to get uh, some recovery into the lads. Um, I think the most pleasing aspect of the last um, block of games... Uh, yeah, see, there you go. I'm from Mount Gambier, a massive Cats fan. Unbelievable. Why are you listening to us, dude? Where, where's the block button? <laughs> but, but thank you for listening. <laughs> no, we uh, appreciate me, you being along, Jake. Um, give me one line. They played well. Yeah, they, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you've got it, mate. That's it. <laughs> whatever. Um, I think the most pleasing thing for me over the block of the last four to six weeks is the, is the improvement each week. Um, I feel like three or four weeks ago we were on this castle lamenting you know, how in the hell we're ever going to be able to get out of this mess that we're in. Um, And yet I feel over the last couple of weeks we've started to show some signs. Um, Our match fitness has improved. Uh, We've got a long, long way to go. Long, long way to go. But there are some players in the system, in our system, who uh, are going to benefit from this season and benefit from another 20 or 30 games. Um, And uh, we just need to... Keep some good seniors around them and make some hard decisions on some other seniors. And uh, the heat's going to be on Hamish uh, over the next couple of trade draft periods uh, to try and restock for the coming uh, rebirth because uh, there's plenty of holes still, in my opinion. Absolutely. And uh, the 
Of course, just our luck, of course, that the, the year we're absolutely stopped and got uh, pick, pick number one. There's no football in Victoria, so we can't see um, how those young lads have developed, um, well, which normally would be just uh, right underneath your nose. To, and I understand we trace them and we track them, etc., but there still will be physical development and uh, etc., and attitude development as well. Well, I know I've been on record as saying we shouldn't waste our draft picks on uh, a key position player, uh, but I'll tell you what, Logan McDonald over there in Perth, was he Perth or East Perth, I can't quite remember, I would pay pick one for him. Fair enough. Uh, playing waffle, uh, adding your old kid amongst uh, men and kicking a few every week. Uh, I like Logan McDonald. I also like um, Nathan O'Driscoll from over there as well, uh, who's a rangy sort of wing uh, wingman, a little bit of a midfielder. Um, but the problem with the mids in this year's draft, Macker, and this is what we were saying, I think, last week, and why I wouldn't mind trying to trade out of it a bit, is because they're all... like Even, even the young lad, Hollands, he's more of a forward than a midfielder. They're predicting that he'll transition to the midfield, but at the moment, there's not a lot of footage, or he hasn't spent a lot of time playing midfield. Uh, the only genuine midfielder is the Sydney Academy player. Well, well, it'll be a very interesting draft period. Yeah. <laughs> Funny Magic is bloody complaining about the length of the podcast. Um so did my family, Vardy. <laughs> anyway, look, that's... Uh, <laughs> look, uh, because Vardy Magic's had enough, I guess that means we're all had enough. Um, yeah, we, but, we, uh, we can't go on without um, Vardy Magic. Yeah, no. Thanks for joining us, Jake. You can uh, piss off now. Um, and uh, thanks to everyone who's joined us on Discord and also on Facebook and YouTube. Don't forget, you can join us on Discord whenever you like. Uh, Nikki and Macca... Did you do a show next Sunday? Uh, yeah, we'll do a show. Why not? And we might talk about some of the players that we think uh, should go. Very good idea. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, we'll, for we'll joining us. we talk about the other games just to really piss Stop off. Stop ruining my outro. Shut up. <laughs> 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 Goodbye. That's what I'm here for. Bye. Yeah, good night, all. <laughs>